The views and opinions expressed in this program by the host or guests do not state or reflect those of the company, its management sponsors, or any entities they represent. Oh, it's lit. We prime time. Subscribe, like, and share. Give us your feedback. Yo, I'm Manny at the plate and Colby off of steel. Resky for the goal and Brady at the wheel. I'm a game changer. The Osaka of the tennis and breaking scoreboard. Simone of the Olympics. Defense and big business. The Mayweather who way better. From the greatness of Jim Brown, I bend down. Talk of sports before I was off the porch. Screaming bow nose while Jordan was playing horse. Late 80s getting torched by the drive in the shot. 2016 got a ring off the three in the block. They ease to forgot. The cardiac kids. Price and Doherty. Bail in the Indian years. This who it is. Your host D-Train. Yo, that's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. Yo, your host D-Train. That's a name banger. Come in the streets and talk sports with the game changer. D Trent, game changer sports talk, industry sports. Man, what's really, really good? Hope everybody's summer went well. I know it's been hot, crazy weather going on all around the country. You know what I'm saying? Prayers and thoughts out to all my people on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? Cali, uh, Nevada, Arizona, you know, Oregon, Washington, places that may be affected by the hurricane, uh, Hurricane Hillary. It's crazy that they would name it Hillary, though. But, uh, yeah, Hurricane Hillary. I hope y'all being good. But I'm actually glad they're getting a lot of rain out there. I ain't going to lie. West Coast be hot. I said specifically, I'm hoping um, Death Valley get a whole bunch of rain. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be hot, so it's going, you know. But they need some vegetation out there anyway you know what i'm saying get, get them a little get them a little more going on in their life and sh- but uh man it is a pleasure to be back here with y'all uh, as you know it is august all right what does that mean that means ncaa football is on the horizon that means training camps are just about over. Preseason football is in effect. Everybody gets to see what is going on with everything. You know, how the draft picks doing, how the new acquisitions doing, you know, what the new coaches settling to, how they how, how the team responded to them, you know, is the GM still making moves? You know, what stars are still available? Okay, who's still available? Um, Zeke finally found a home. Zeke will be going, and then when I say Zeke, I speak on running back Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott. You know, formerly of the uh, Dallas Cowboys, who's been a free agent this year. Uh, they they went on ahead and went forward with Tony Pollard, and uh, Zeke is going to the Patriots now. Ezekiel Elliott, most people feel like he's done. I, I never felt like that. I feel like Zeke is definitely uh, Zeke definitely there. You know, he's been underutilized in Dallas. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping this is the chance that he revive his career. Uh, you know Bill Belichick going to use him. He can pass block. He can catch out the backfield. He can run the ball. 
Uh, they got Roman Stevenson over there, or, or Rondre, Rondé. Uh, I forget how you say his name. I don't mean to miss your name. Uh, who's a very good running back for them last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm expecting, I'm expecting, you know, um, things to look good for him over there. Uh, they got Matt Jones. They got a few, few cats, you know what I'm saying? Now, D-Trent, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports Man, streaming on multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, um, YouTube. You know, follow us on IG at Industry Sports or D-Trent. Um, and if you missed the live recordings, all right, you can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. You know, just search for the Industry Sports channel. You know what I'm saying? Subscribe like that. And then you can follow the D-Trend Game Changer Sports Talk right up under that. Um, wherever you're streaming from, um, you know, or wherever you're viewing it from, you should be able to put your comments in. It should be a link down there if you want to come on and speak your piece about whatever topic is going on. Or you just want to talk about your team. Uh, feel free um, to hit the link. Come on up. You know what I'm saying? And let's talk about it. You know, let me get your point of view. Um, with that being said, Another running back um, who is not no longer a free agent, Dalvin Cook, signed with the Jets. Now, these are the same Jets that just got Aaron Rodgers, you know what I'm saying? Um, same Jets that uh, signed Alan Lazard and, you know, had the offensive and defensive rookies of the year last year and uh get wide receiver Garrett Wilson and cornerback Sauce Walker. Uh you know, so the Jets trying to do their thing. They, you know, they definitely trying to let people know, hey, we here, we live and direct, you know what I'm saying? We trying to trying to bring the noise this year. And ain't nothing wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? These guys, um the Jets been you know, Robert Sala been doing this thing the last few years. They should definitely try to, you know, get get it right over there. Um, another few things happened too that's interesting. Uh, John Johnson, uh, former Cleveland Browns safety, uh, signed for a nice deal right after he was regarded as one of the top safeties in the league. Came over to the Browns playing under Joe Woods and. Uh, it just didn't work out for him. Uh, so now he is back with the Rams. Uh, hopefully we, he can revitalize his career and, and get used in a proper way. Uh, I feel like he was not used properly. I feel like our whole defense was misused uh, under Joe Woods. And hopefully, you know, we got Jim Schwartz in there now so he can rectify things over there. But Jadavian Clowney, um, who let – oh, wait, wait. I was talking about Joe Johnson. I mean, uh, John Johnson III. But, yeah, he went back to the Rams. Jadavian Clowney, who was playing with the Browns, is now a Raven. Now, that's interesting because I find it very interesting that a lot of players who formerly play for the Browns end up trying to go to a division rival. You know, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, one of the more recent names, left Cleveland, went to Cincinnati, and then now was with Pittsburgh. Uh, Joe Hayden left, and he went to Pittsburgh. Um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's just a, a kind of a history of these things. So maybe Jadavian wanted to, you know, stick it to the Browns. Now, don't get me wrong. Him over there with the Ravens seemed kind of nice, though, because they run that 3-4 and him playing on that outside edge as a run stopper, you know, fits well versus him being uh, with his hand in the ground, in my opinion, especially at this age. Um, he's a hell of a run stopper. Excuse my French, but he's he's a he, he's still a good player, man. Uh, not as technically sound as you would like as as a guy um, this far in his career, but you know he get the job done. It is what it is. Um, so you know, good luck to him. Um, but I don't think you're gonna really do no damage against Cleveland. But good luck to you. You feel what I'm saying? I, you know, you over there with OBJ. You know, maybe OBJ wanted to stick it to Cleveland, too. Or maybe these guys see that Cleveland going to be a formidable team and they want to actually play against and have a chance to go against guys that's going to give them a game. I don't know. But, you know, we we going to get more into that in a second. Um, it is now week two of the preseason. Uh, for the Jets and Browns, it would be week three because they played in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, most of all, the world seen the Hall of Fame game. It was a pretty good game. Uh, learned some interesting things about both teams and their depth uh, when they came to that. Um, but now we in, in, in week two, all right? And let's just, just go over a few scores and highlights from week two's preseason. Uh, last night was a game of the Saints and Chargers uh, where Easton Stick played the entire game for the Chargers, uh, went for through pass for 233 yards, two interceptions, but he did run for two touchdowns. Um, the Saints, they were quarterbacked by Jameis Winston and uh, Jake Hayer. How you say Hayner? Let me make sure I say his name right. Uh, but uh, they both had a pretty good game. Saints end up winning 22-17. to 17. Um, Saints go 2-0 now on the preseason. Hainer. Yeah, I think it's Hainer. Um, Quandre Miller for the Saints had 10 carries for 23 yards. Darrell Williams had 8 carries for 17 yards. Uh, Shaquan Davis had 3 catches for 63 yards. Uh, John Trey Kirk Kirkland had 3 catches for 59 yards. Um, and even uh, Condre had uh, the running back had three catches for 36 yards off the backfield. Um, the Saints, you know, I feel like that's one of the NFC teams that's being slept on for real. Uh, I really, really feel like like they're going to be doing their thing. Um, so you know, watch out for them Saints, man. Uh, you know, Jameis going to be starting somewhere in the next couple seasons. Uh, they got David Carr over there. David Carr is definitely the guy. Um, you know, they got some receivers. Alvin Kamara is only going to be out, you know what I'm saying, for so many weeks. Uh, I really feel like this team going to make some noise in the NFC. The Chargers in the AFC, you know, they're in the division with the champs, the Chiefs, and, the, and you know, the Raiders got a new thing going on, and um, Denver got, you know, Sean Payton over there, formerly the Saints coach, um, you know, so it's going to be interesting to see what the Chargers do, especially with their new uh, receiving threat, Quintez Johnson, the rookie. We're going to really see what they get into, man. It's going to be interesting to watch that division for sure. Um, day before Saturday, we had quite a few games. 
So Cowboys, Seahawks, all right? Seahawks end up winning 22 to 14. Um, you know, the story of this game is Jackson Smith Enigma. Um, this receiver is going to change the league. You know, him playing, you know, one of the starting three receivers to go along with uh, DK Metcalf and Tyler Boyd. Um, you know, this team, Geno Smith, I, I'm really hoping Geno Smith have an even better year than he had last year. Um, just because I like Geno Smith, you know, he's a top uh, top pick, top five pick in the draft, top ten pick in the draft. And I just feel like he never got a fair shake. Uh, he was drafting in time with black quarterbacks just really wasn't getting a lot of, you know what I'm saying? He was still under a lot of scrutiny. No, now over the last few seasons, black quarterbacks are more revered. They're more taken to. Uh, and it's nice to see him getting to still being in the league and able to get shine uh, in this in this era of football right now. be special for them, especially playing uh, back. It's pretty good with them. Raiders versus Rams. As I was just speaking on with the Raiders and Chargers uh, in that division, uh, the Raiders under a new new management. You know what I'm saying? Josh uh, McDonald, that's his name. Um, he is now McDaniels, Josh McDaniels. He is now the head man over there with the Raiders. The Rams are in a, I don't know where the Rams at. Are they rebuilding? Are they retooling? Is they just riding it out? I don't know. Um, but I feel like the Raiders got a lot more to prove than the Rams do as far as this season goes, just because of all of just the past couple seasons of things happening with the Raiders, uh, missing out on draft picks, you know, draft picks, uh, um, you know, having things alter their course and them not being available for the team, um, coaching and, and, and GM difficulties. Like, look, the Raiders been going through it. Um, they got Jimmy G over there. Now, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Josh Jacobs. They do got Damian Williams now. Um, you know, wide receiver core is pretty cool. They got Jacoby Myers, uh, Philip Dorsett, Keenan, Keenan Cole, you know, just a few standout names. Uh, even DeAndre Carter over there trying to see if he can make some noise. And they got Austin Hooper at tight end. We're going to see what they do. Their defense is pretty good. Max Cox, Crosby, a couple other guys over there. I think uh, Chandler Jones over there now. Uh, so we're going to see what they do in that division. But right now they're perfect in the preseason. They definitely handed it to the Rams. Um, you know, Stenson Bennett uh, for the Rams, quarterback, uh, backup quarterback behind um, Matt Stafford. Uh, Stenson Bennett was a quarterback for the Georgia National Championship Georgia team. Uh, I think he was two-time champions under him, exactly. Uh, but he's been playing really good. Uh, really, really well. Been getting a lot of praises coming out of the Rams camp. So, you know, he could be the future for them. Um, 
you know, the Rams, you know, we're we gonna see what they do. But right, but last, but Saturday, they got whooped. Make no mistake about it. They got whooped. Uh 34-17 was the final with that score. Next game Saturday that happened, Broncos versus 49ers. Now, what's really interesting about these two teams is the 49ers have a quarterback issue, right? And their quarterback issue is they don't know which quarterback they should play. Now, the good, the good thing about this situation is, in my opinion, none of their quarterbacks are trash. The 49ers are not running around with a bunch of incapable quarterbacks. Um, they have Sam Darnold on the roster who just hasn't had a good chance to work in a, in a, in a thriving system um, that's being well coached. Trey Lance just hasn't been healthy enough to get enough time for him to develop properly. Brock Purdy has took advantage of whatever opportunities he had. It's just unfortunate that in a game where he could have really established himself as the franchise guy, he was hurt. They were uh, undermanned, and he basically had to play crippled. Um, unfortunate for them in that uh, NFC Championship game, but he did show enough leading them there to warrant a chance to be able to start. Um, so that game was pretty interesting. Uh, final score, 21-20, 49ers way. Uh, now the Broncos, I'll say, now listen, the Broncos got Sean Payton over there, right? And they got Russell. Now some people down on Russell. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm down on Russell, but some people are very down on Russell. Um, I feel like, you know, Russell, Sean Payton going over there with Russell is just him having, excuse my French when I say this, it's just having the black version of Drew Brees. And I'm not saying Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are the same quarterbacks. They're two different quarterbacks, very talented guys, future Hall of Famer guys, both of them. Um, but they're both undersized quarterbacks, under six feet per se. Uh, they both move around. They're very accurate um, tenacious, good leaders. So, you know, and Denver has a little team. You know, they still got Javante Williams. They got uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Cortland Sutton over there. You know, that defense is is nice. You know, even though they traded Bradley Chubb and he's now uh, with Miami, that defense still nice. They still got Simmons over there. They got Sertain Jr. over there. Uh, that, you know, that team can really make some noise, even though they're in a division with the Chiefs. Um, but with that being said, you know, we're going to see how they how they play it out now. Uh, another game that was happening on Saturday, Chiefs-Cardinals. Uh, the Chiefs really ran away with this game. Uh, as usual, Patrick Mahomes started, uh, you know, and – I don't know. So it's been the question, right, of teams playing, how much should they play their starters in the preseason? And I really feel like it's a team-by-team base uh, determination, right? Because you got so many different teams and so many different positions that need to answer so many different questions, right? Um, you know, more or less in the foundation of it, they're all asking some of the – trying to answer some of the same questions. But, you know, some teams are solidified with their starters and they just need depth. Some, so working out 
the younger guys is more of a priority than the starters because everybody's been playing together for so many years. You got uh, teams that are incorporating new pieces um, to their starting lineups. So having that that starter chemistry is vital, and some of those guys might play more of the preseason than other teams. Some teams have a system. They just have a way that they've been operating, and that's just how they operate, and they stick to how they operate. There is no right or wrong way to groom your team. The only way that it becomes a wrong way is if your team doesn't show up during a regular season or you're having problems answering certain questions that you could have had that you already had answers for, but you just made decisions previously that didn't allow you to capitalize on that. So everybody's different. Um, the Chiefs are one of the teams who always play their starters. The Cardinals will not have Kyler Murray to start the season. On top of that, they have a new coach, a new GM, a new system. Um, so, you know, they're working from two different points. The Cardinals are trying to still see who's going to be on their team, right? They're vir they're virtually in a rebuild. You know what I mean? It, it's not considered a rebuild yet because they still have Kyler, but the moment that Kyler becomes available in any capacity, that's a rebuild. The Chiefs are just trying to get ready to defend the title. Um, Patrick Mahomes doing spectacular things as, as usual. But for me, Justin Ross, the receiver, is the guy to keep your eyes on over there. Um, people kept saying, oh, they traded Tyreek. You know, what they going to do, you know, as far as the receiver room, you know, people forget Justin Ross was – at one point in time, the best receiver in college football before the injury. Uh, they got the young guy, Rice, that they drafted. They still got Sky Moore. You know, you have Patrick Mahomes and you still have Travis Kelsey. So, you know, they have talented guys, young guys that's going to grow. That gives them a chance to form another offensive dynasty for the next five, six, seven seasons, as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy, especially as long as they got uh, Kelsey on the team. Uh, you know, seeing what they do in the running back room is going to be very interesting. Um, you know, Edwards, Hilaire, Clyde Edwards, Hilaris is still there. Uh, uh, P. Ron is there now. You know, Isaiah Pacheco, who's down for a little second. Uh, when he comes back, we're going to see how they run. And that's going to be interesting. But Chiefs take away this game on Saturday from the Cardinals. 38 to 10. Chiefs one and one on the preseason as well as the Cardinals. Another game that went down Saturday night. Titans versus Vikings. All right. Two teams where the Vikings, right, is one of those teams where they're like a good team, but we don't know can they compete for the title. Right. Like they're a playoff team, but are they a title contending team? And that's kind of like the big question. Kirk Cousins is still there. Uh, Jay Jettas, uh, a.k.a. Justin Jefferson, um, is still over there doing this thing. They drafted Jordan Addison and they let uh, Adam Thielen go. They let Dalvin Cook go. So seeing how they make up in that backfield uh, with the absence of Dalvin Cook is going to be interesting. Um, but I fully expect their passing game to still be nice. So I think Jordan Addison is going to be nice. In front of reports, he's been nice. Um, 
you know, they're in a division of Vikings with uh, Green Bay, the Bears, and uh, the Lions. Um, and we'll get to talk about those other teams as we get to the to their scores. Um, but you know, right now the Vikings are the guys in that division, and you know we gonna see if they can hold up. I mean, that's really what it is. They got T.J. Hawkinson too on a trade last year to tight end, so they pat they pass the game should be fire. It's will they comp will they running game be enough to complement, and can they defense improve from last year? Um, the Titans, on the other hand, right, they're kind of in that situation where I said um, San Francisco was, right? And this is D-Trend, Game Changer Sports Talk, Industry Sports, Mass Streaming on multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Follow us on IG at Industry Sports or at D-Trend. Um, if you missed the live streams, you can catch the recordings on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and various other streaming platforms. You know, just look for the Industry Sports channel, subscribe to that, and then once you get in there, you'll find the uh, Game Changer Sports Talk with D. Trent. Make sure you like, subscribe to that. Uh, you know, wherever you're viewing it from, you could definitely hit the link. Come on, chop it up. You know what I'm saying? Get involved with the conversation. Uh, right now, we're going over football preseason, just recapping some of the scores. Uh, and just some of my thoughts on the teams as I go through the scores from week two. Uh, I will put it as I don't know all the players on every team. I don't have everybody's name correct all the time. Um, but as I go through them, I'm giving my feedback on what I do know of the teams up to this to this point and, and just things I, I identify as things they need to answer um, going into the season. Um, so the Titans, right? And I was saying they're in this weird position like the San Francisco 49ers, right? They have a, three quarterbacks on a team who are capable of doing something, right? Um, Malik uh, Willis, third round pick from last year, uh, has improved from last year. Regardless of what anybody wants to say yet, he is better now than he was a year ago. Uh, and for a guy about to start his second season, you know, that's what you ask for is improvement. Now, how much he improved, you know, it's after so much, you can only improve with gameplay. But I think he looks better than he did last year. Um, they have Will Levis, who they drafted this year in the first round, and it's the guy I guess they want to take over. Um, he's looked so-so, in my opinion, uh, so far in the, in the preseason. Um, but he is a rookie, too. So I don't have a lot of expectations for him. I just want to see him grow and get better game by game, play by play. Um, Ryan Tannehill is the guy who should be the undoubted starter. But Ryan Tannehill has a problem with showing up when it counts. And because Ryan Tannehill doesn't know how to show up when it counts, they have an issue. Now you got two young guys, quarterbacks that they drafted in back-to-back -back seasons, who are there just in case you just don't seem to turn that corner, just in case you don't figure out how to become a primetime player. And I like Ryan Tannehill. I feel like, you know, them years in uh, Miami was a waste of his time under Adam Gase. Um, I just don't think Adam Gase is a very good coach or a development guy as far as NFL players go, um, personnel goes. Um, but he got to Tennessee and he revitalized his career 
to a degree. Um, but when it counts, he just does not show up. So they have, have Derrick Henry, right? And then they drafted a young, fast uh, running back in the late rounds, uh, Taji Spears, who I think is a great complement to what Derrick uh, Henry brings to the table. Top-tier running back, just got him an official running mate, DeAndre Hopkins signs with Tennessee this off, excuse me, this offseason. So now, whatever quarterback is playing has a one-two punch. You have DeAndre, one of the most formidable wide receiver options in the league right now, and Derrick Henry, one of the most formidable running back um, that you can have in the league right now. Um, they got Traylon Burks over there, so they have a young, growing compliment um, to DeAndre Hopkins, and I like Tajay Spears as a compliment to Derrick Henry. Now, their defense plays really good. Uh, they have been playing really good for multiple seasons now. Over the last four or five seasons, they've been one of the better uh, defenses in the league, regardless of what they uh, end this season result was. You know, And it's been a, quite a few times they've gotten to you know, deep in the playoffs, second round, uh, AFC championship game. So, this team is not, this team competes. But at what is considered the most important position in football right now at quarterback, they just do not seem to be holding up. Um, so we're going to see how that works out. Whether the case, they all play Vikings versus Titans. Titans take the game 24-16. Um, uh, Tajay had a great run off the backfield. I seen uh, from the highlights. Uh, came through the hole, hurdled a guy, and was off to the races. Uh, this young man who can run, running from behind center, and catch the ball off the backfield, I, I swear he's going to be a nice compliment. Um, so I don't want to spend too much more time on them. Um, but, I, I'm, you know, it's, inter it's going to be interesting to see what the Titans do in their division, though. They're in a division full of new quarterbacks. Um, uh, for those that don't know, they're in the AFC South. The AFC South consists of the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, the Houston Texans, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are the reigning uh, division winners, um, and they have a nice team. All right? You know, we get to their individuals in a second. Um, the Colts really have a nice team overall. Even though right now they have a running back problems over payment. And um, you know, they got a new quarterback they're trying to incorporate with Anthony Richardson. Uh the Houston Texans under a full remodel, a new GM, new new coach, uh, offense and defensive coordinators. Uh, they retained a lot of their young pieces. They brought in some guys, brought in some more young pieces in this draft. Um, so they're really in full rebuild mode. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how the first real, first year they rebuild is. Um, but the Titans win this game against the Vikings Saturday night, preseason week two, 24-16. Titans go one and one on the um, preseason. Vikings drop to 0-2. Um, and I'll say this, too, before I move to the next game. Um, you know, take these preseason results with a grain of salt, all right? They don't fully tell the story on the season. Like I was saying before, 
Um, a lot of teams have a lot of different strategies with the new preseason rules and lineup. So it just really depends on your team and what y'all trying to get better at versus the record trying basically kind of indicating what your team may be like for the whole season. You know, I ain't saying it's 100% is uh, a translation. I'm not saying it's 100% not a translation. I'm just saying take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? Look for the context. Um, Packers and Patriots. Now, this is interesting, right? Because the Packers traded Aaron Rodgers um, and made way for Jordan Love. And Jordan Love is taking an Aaron Rodgers route, right? He sat, Aaron Rodgers sat behind uh, Brett Favre for a couple years, and they traded Brett Favre and Rodgers took over. Um, but when Rodgers took over, it was a lot more hype to him. You know, it was a lot more like, oh, yeah, he's going to hit the ground running. And he did. Uh, it's been one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the league for decade, decade plus. <laughs> like, he's been in that conversation virtually since he took over the starting job, which was like 14 years ago or something. Okay. Um, but Jordan Love has a chance to do the same thing. Um, and, you know, kudos to the Packers organization, uh, just as a whole enterprise and entity, um, for just the way they went about retooling this team before they let Rodgers go. Um, they come in with quite a few young guys who could become stars. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, um, uh, Christian Watkins, you know, they got Luke Muxgrave at, at tight end. Um, you know, AJ Dillon, yeah, Corey Dillon's son, um, and Aaron Jones, you know, they, they had a chance to really do something, especially with a defense that's been one of the better defenses in the league for the last three, four seasons. Um, this is a team who's been to the NFC playoff championship multiple times in the last five seasons. So, you know, there's like, hey, can Jordan Love come in and do his thing and and keep keep the train, keep the ball rolling? Um, or does he need that year to settle in as a full-time starter and then they get back to things next year? Um, it, a lot of men remain to be seen, but they are young. Uh, Aaron Jones is a, a solidified star in this league at running back, and that should help Jordan Love and that offense a lot. Um, the Patriots, right? Devastated by COVID. That's that's the first thing you gotta really say when you talk about the Patriots. They were devastated by COVID. Um, you know, in a season where you know they had twenty players out because of COVID, um, and then even when they came back, you know, it was still a little, you know, and they're trying to figure out the offense. Uh, Matt Jones, a quarterback over there, like I was saying earlier, they signed Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, they got a couple receivers over there. Um, and in my opinion, what's not being talked about, which is probably going to be the biggest thing of the season for me uh, and maybe for national media later, this is Bill Belichick's last year. That's right, folks. This will be Bill Belichick's last year coaching, in my opinion. And I don't know who's going to take over for but this is going to be an interesting year. I'm also going to be interested to see 
who on the waiver who's on the waiver wire at receiver that the Patriots will come in and snatch up uh, because if they can get just one or two more receivers over there with some type of name and cachet to go with Jacoby and a couple of guys they got. The Patriots could make noise in their division. Now, mind you, they're in the division with the Jets, the Dolphins, uh, the Bills. Um, and, you know, I I feel like the Dolphins are going to step it up a level. I feel like the Jets have already made state claim that they're coming for, you know, top spot. Nothing else matters. And the Bills are kind of in that, in that little stage where, like, I feel like they looking down on history, right? The Bills are the only team that I can recall that I know of that has been to a Super Bowl four different times, four times in a row, and did not win. Right now, this Bills team has been to the conference championship, uh, the uh, American Conference Championship, or uh, or the second round in the last like five seasons, like every year. But for some reason, they can't seem to get over the hurdle. Uh, hold on, right quick, y'all. Uh, So, um, so it's gonna be interesting to see what 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 the Bills really do. But the Patriots have a chance to, you know, come in and 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 steal a spot. Even um, I mean, the AFC overall is gonna be hard because the AFC is like popping. But for that specific division, the AFC East, um, you know. Every game is probably going to matter in that division, you know, because there's so many people after the throne of that division and in a position to actually contend for that throne. Um, it's That's going to be interesting. Um, but Patriots over Packers Saturday night, 21-17. Uh, and we're going to move on to the, to the Bucks, all right? Buccaneers versus the Jets Saturday. Buccaneers take this win, um, thirteen to six. Buccaneers fall to one and one on. Well, they go up to one and one on the preseason, and the Jets fall to one and two again. The Jets and the Browns have one more extra game than everybody else in the preseason because they play in the uh, Hall of Fame game. Um, talked about the Jets a little bit. Um, quite a few times, but, uh, you know, so it ain't no big thing that they lost. What is a nice thing, though, is that Zach Wilson is back playing football, the quarterback they drafted a few years ago, number two overall, and he gets to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and develop um, like Jordan Love just got to do. And the other good thing about that is Aaron Rodgers is, you know, uh, accepting uh, embracing, embracing. He's embracing, you know, the 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 tutelage role, the tutor role, the the help you develop role. Uh, when it comes to Zach Wilson at the quarterback position, uh, having Dalvin Cook with Priest Hall, um, 
you know, then they got uh, Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, uh, Corey Davis uh, in the receiving room. Uh, these guys for Aaron Rodgers, uh, it, it has the potential to, to do big things. The Bucks, look, as long as the Bucks got Baker Mayfield at quarterback, I have no faith in them. I will say this, as I always said about Baker Mayfield, if Baker Mayfield could read defenses, then he'd be a good quarterback. But until he's able to read defenses and tuck his ego, I don't know, man. I think he's a future journeyman back up, maybe in year 10 at a hit point, and, and he'd be the matured enough and, and really buckled in. But I feel like he is student of the game. I feel like he has the talent. But I just don't feel like he will put his ego down enough to really embrace things the way he should to become the guy that he could possibly be for that position in this league. You know what I'm saying? That's the best way I could put that, right? Um, Kyle Trask, maybe he shows up. He has an opportunity, though. You know what I'm saying? Through for 218 and a touchdown, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, the Bucks. We gonna see how it works. I ain't gonna lie. We we just gonna see. We just gonna see what happens, man. They still got a nice little team over there, uh, but I do feel like overall, this is probably the year that let them know they're in the rebuild. I think this is the year that they find out they're in the rebuild, um, and and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Because it might just work out for their favor in the next season. Uh, but you know, 13 6 Bucks over Jets. Uh, and then another game Saturday night. Uh, was it Saturday? Yeah, Saturday. Uh, what is it? Bears and Colts. Um, I don't think Anthony Richardson actually played in this game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if I'm mistaken, I don't, I don't think he actually played in this game. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, he did not. Him or Justin Fields. Um, and, and again, because you didn't see these guys play does not mean anything. Everybody has a different strategy when it comes to the preseason. And in my opinion, um, saving your starters for the third preseason game, knowing you got about 10 days to two weeks before the actual football regular season starts, um, it's cool because you give your starters a chance to get some good record and then you give them a good time for everybody to, to get back together and get ready for the brutal season. Um, but Colts, Bears, um, they had Sam Ellinger for the Colts. You know, he went 9 for 14, 124. Um, got sacked once for 11 yards. Gardner Minshew played 13 for 15, 107 yards. Now, these two guys most likely will be backing up Anthony Richardson, uh, top four pick, top five pick in the 20, 2023 NFL draft this past season, um, or a couple months ago, actually. Um, so he's probably going to play a lot next week. They don't have Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they got Kenyon Drake over there, guy by Jason Huntley, Jake Funk. Evan Hall, uh, Deion Jackson. 
just a few guys who could, you know, maybe fill in the role by committee. Um, but, you know, they need Jonathan Taylor, and they need to pay him. I ain't going to get into the running back talk yet uh, as, as far as payments and stuff like that, but I am going to say, like, they need to pay Jonathan Taylor. Ain't no point in not paying him. You need him. Um, they wide receiver room is going to be very interesting, right? Because, because of how Anthony Richardson is going to play, right? Now, they got Alex Pierce and they got Michael Pittman. But then you add the fact that they have James Washington Jr., um, a guy who I think is really talented. They have Amari Rogers, a guy who I think is pretty talented. Josh Downs, a guy that I think is pretty talented. They also have Brashad Perryman, um, a former high pick who I think still has a lot to give. You know, they have a, a, a rookie guy, so it'd be nice for him to have like a top rate number one receiver. But for a guy that can run, having multiple weapons that have different skill sets that can be effective in this league is going to work better for him and what higher in his development, in my opinion. Because I feel like Anthony Richardson is definitely a, a talented guy. Um, so that defense has been pretty good. Uh, hopefully, uh, my boy is back. Um, uh, Snoop. Uh, Leonard. Uh, Darius Leonard, Snoop Leonard. Hopefully, he back linebacker and, and they can really do their thing. But their defense has been pretty good over the last few years. Uh, now, with the Bears, this is a different type of conversation, right? And it's a different type of conversation for the Bears because the Bears have been misused the last few seasons. Um, you know, we talking, uh, they need a whole makeover. Now, right now they got Justin Fields starting quarterback, and they finally got him some help. They traded for wide receiver DJ Moore um, when they traded away the first round, first pick of the draft to the Panthers, right? They brought in Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards um, on the defensive side at linebacker. They traded for Chase Claypool last season. They already had Darnell Mooney on the roster. They have uh, uh, Cole Hans Komet um, at tight end. Uh, they have the young running back, uh, Herbert. Is it Herbert? And then they drafted the running back that played behind Bijan uh, Robinson, uh, who was a top draft pick running back draft pick this year, um, and Rashawn Johnson. I feel like the Bears could have a breakout season. And I don't mean like 13 wins, but I feel like they can compete for a playoff spot. Um, especially in a NFC that has so many questions. Now, don't get it twisted. The NFC has quite a few teams that if they play like they're supposed to play, it is going to be hard to get in the playoffs. But it's so many questions on if they're going to play up to that potential, which gives 
a, a, a hungry team like the Bears, a young team who's looking to establish themselves and gain respect, a chance to steal some games this season, a good chance to steal quite a few games this season. Um, so with that being said, you know, I I personally just I want to see uh I want to see what they do. You know what I mean? I, I want to see I want to see Justin Fields finally get the respect he should have been had. Um, and people stop playing crazy on his name. Um, again, the Bears are in a division with uh, the Vikings, the Lions, and uh, the Packers. Um, again, I've already spoken on the Packers, you know, and, and, and how they are. I've spoken on the Vikings and how they are. I haven't got to the Lions yet. Uh, but the Bears are just – they have a chance. Will they play up to that? Can the coaches really, you know, develop this team? Are they going to keep putting them in positions to get better? Can these wide receivers make plays for Justin Fields? The running game will be nice for them regardless because Justin can run and that running back they got can run. But um, And then they got their bruiser in Johnson, man. I think that's going to be an underrated uh, draft pick for them. Um, but we're going to see how they go, man. The Colts, in their division, as again, I said, they're in the division with the Texans and the Titans and, and the Jaguars. And for the Colts, it's just about how does Anthony Richards, Richardson develops. If he's a good game manager right now when he's making a lot of great mental plays and, and, and not putting himself in serious harm and just taking advantage where he could take advantage, I mean, they could definitely – compete with the Jaguars for the division title. You know what I'm saying? Because the team around Anthony Richardson is veteran and and the structure and the system is cool. So they have a chance. I don't know if they're going to do it, but they have a chance. Um, you know, them like the Titans. They have a chance. You know, if these guys play and, and make good decisions and catch their breaks, they have a chance to compete with the Jaguars. We ain't talk fully about the Jaguars. We'll get to them in a second, but um, they have a chance in that division, and the Bears as well. You know, the Vikings are the king of that um, uh, uh, NFC uh, North division. And, you know, maybe the Bears can dethrone them. You know, maybe, maybe the Packers, you know, uh, maybe the Lions. Who knows? You know, but – the Colts win this game, a preseason game, Colts versus Bears. Colts win 24-17 by putting up 17 in the fourth quarter. Interesting, interesting enough. Uh, Bears go to drop to one and one on the preseason. Colts go up to one and one on the preseason. Uh, next game that happens Saturday night, Steelers versus Bills. Now, I'm going to start with the Bills. Steelers win 27-15. They go up to 2-0 in the preseason. Bills are 1-1. Um, the Bills. It's a lot of turmoil. Leslie Frazier, defensive coordinator last few years, who ran the top flight defense, took a year off. I don't know who the guy is running the show now, but the question is, can they maintain that top spot? as a defense. The Buffalo Bills need a running game to go with a passing game. And it sounds like they have a disgruntled wide receiver star in Stephon Diggs. 
I don't know what's going to happen with Buffalo. What I will not do is I will not say that they won't contend and compete because I know they will. I don't know if they'll win 13 games or 14 games or they might just win 10 games. It would be an incredibly disappointing season if they don't win at least 10 games. If they win at least 10 games and go 10 to 7, nobody's going to trip on the team because that team has been the same team for a while and they haven't improved in the spots where people wanted to see them improve. You know what I mean? They haven't really, but James Cook could develop into that running back. Uh, Himes, a guy they traded for from uh, um, the Colts last year, he's down for the season. Uh, so who comes in and and, and uh, back up James Cook for that running back spot? I thought his brother was going to go over there until he went to the Jets. Uh, and maybe he just didn't want to step on his brother's toes. Maybe his brother had a chance to really do something out there and they want to see how it worked. It, it all remains to be seen. But that's going to be a hot-button topic uh, this season is the Buffalo Bills. Detroit Game Changer Sports Talk, industry sports driven on multiple media platforms Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, follow us on IG at Detroit or industry sports. If you miss the live recordings, you can um, catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Just look for the industry sports channel, subscribe, and like that. And then you'll find uh, Detroit Game Changer Sports Talk. Uh, subscribe and like to that too. Uh, definitely has some interesting content. When I'm dropping content, uh, definitely catch it. Um, if you wherever you streaming from or viewing from right now, you know what I'm saying feel free to hit the link. You come up, talk your piece, whatnot. Um, you know, give your comments. Uh, whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, you know, drop your comments. Let me know how you feel. Uh, the Steelers. Now, as a Browns fan. Right? I don't call them the Steelers. We call them the Squealers. We call them a couple few other names. But as I'm analyzing, right, the Steelers are in an interesting predicament. Right? They have a history of winning at least eight games. And what if, if no other season, definitely this season, is arguably the toughest division in football. And that says a lot being that the AFC West is loaded, the AFC East is loaded, the NFC East is loaded, you know what I'm saying? And the uh, NFC North is up and coming. That says a lot, you know what I mean? The Steelers have a chance, right? Mike Tomlin is an incredible coach. Their defense still has incredible players on it. Their offense is a question. That is the question for the Steelers of the season. Can this offense perform at a playoff level? Right? I mean, for the Steelers, it's probably a championship level, right? They probably preach this offense has to perform at a championship level. And what does that mean? I mean, the tactics of it varies for each system. But for them, 
they have to be able, they have to have the ability to score more points than the other team. And the last couple seasons, they haven't shown that ability to be able to score more points than the other team. Their defense has been great. Or as good as they can be for whatever they have and how that system works. But can Kenny Pickett develop into an all-pro quarterback? Is this the year George Pickens breaks out? Is this the year Deontay Johnson solidifies himself as one of the better receivers in the league? Can uh, Pat Fryer move, elevate his game and become one of the best uh, tight ends in the league? Does Will Darnell Washington, the young uh, 6'7 tight end that they drafted, how much of an impact will he be on the team? Najee Harris, will he actually get running lanes this year for him to actually be impactful on the game? Again, can Kenny Pickett really win games for them with his arm and from the quarterback position? It's so many questions about what that can, will, will that offense do. Um, but they have a chance. Even all I said, they have a chance. If these things go in their favor, Pittsburgh could, Pittsburgh could end up with 10 to 12 wins. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that and don't get me wrong, that's a combination of them playing up to their expectations or, or playing up playing better than they seem capable of right now. And that some of the teams they're going against not playing up to their potential. When I say they can get 12 wins, they're like that's the recipe. Like they're playing out of their minds, and some teams are not playing up to their caliber or even playing hard to begin with. Um, but, you know, again, they have a history of winning at least eight wins, of getting at least eight wins. So, in most divisions, that's formidable. All right, they will be considered out of expectations the floor of what the AFC North can bring to the league this year. And if the floor is eight wins, this is a crazy division. All right, but you know, I personally, I don't think Kenny Pickett, I just don't. I don't think they have solved all the questions on their offensive line which is, I think, is the whole reason why their offense seems not that good right now. It's the line. So once they fix the offensive line and dedicate to improving the offensive line, I think they've done enough at the skill positions on offense to be able to say, okay, once I get a line, these guys will be even better than what they are. I don't think it's a weapons problem, per se. I think it's an offensive line problem. Their defense is going to be cool. We're going to see how them corners play. Um, see if they got some help safety-wise for uh, Minka Fitzpatrick back there so, you know, feel like he got to do it all. Um, but, you know, the Steelers have been playing good this uh, this preseason. Um, I actually seen them live uh, against the Buccaneers a couple weeks ago. Um, and they've been playing very good this offseason, uh, this preseason. So, but again, I'm stressed. How a team plays in the preseason is not 100% indicative of how they will perform in the regular season. Every team has a different strategy for the preseason because every team doesn't have the same question to answer about their personnel. All right. 
Steelers go away with this one. Now let's get to the Dolphins and Texans, all right? And we ain't going to spend a lot of time on the Dolphins and Texans because the Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are good. And they traded for Jalen Ramsey, even though he's going to be out for the first month of the season. They are good. They were good without him last year. What makes you think they're not going to be good with him whenever he comes in? Okay. They drafted the young running back, Devon A-Chain. It seems like he'll be week to week with a little shoulder injury. Um, hopefully, uh, it's not anything crazy or severe. And, you know, he had about three weeks before the regular season starts, so he should be good. Um, Tua Tungvaloa, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, uh, Raheem Mostert. Jeff Wilson Jr. Like these, this Dolphins team, that defense, that offense, I ain't gonna lie, they seem primed to take the division crown from the Buffalo Bills. Like they seem like it's their year. Buff, um, Miami. Has done everything you need to do to build a good team. Even without a first round draft pick this year because their owner was into some crazy things. Like, they, like, the Dolphins really have a good team. They got a good, they got a, a great team. You know what I'm saying? Like, they have a really good team. But can Tua stay healthy all year? If Tua stays healthy all year, he's probably in the MVP conversation. There is no answer for Waddle and Hill. There is no answer for those two. I'm sorry to tell you. Your only, your only answer is taking Tua out the game or keeping him under so much pressure he doesn't have time to get them the ball. But these are guys who can catch passes on routes or kick the ball from the backfield or quick hitches and still be effective. Again, it's going to be hard to guard these guys. I'm if I'm picking in this division, I'm picking the Dolphins to win the division. And building off what they did last year, I don't think it is out of the realm to say that the Dolphins could win up to 14 games this year. It's not out of the question to say that they could get hot and win 15 games this year. And I know the AFC tough. But the, the Dolphins have the right combination of veterans, stars, good role players, young guys who are still emerging, being playing together for multiple seasons, uh, having winning championship pedigrees on their roster, um, like chemistry, unity, continuity. Like they have such a great combination of these things. 
if they we gonna say any team has a chance to contend with the Chiefs right now, based on on resume, you know, I mean, of course you're gonna put the Bills up there because they may won't, but the Dolphins seem like the formidable challenge right now. They win this game over the Texans preseason Saturday night, 28-3. We're going to see how the Buffalo, I mean, how I keep calling them Buffalo, how the Miami Dolphins perform. The Texans, on the other hand, are on the whole opposite end of the spectrum. The Texans are in rebuild. Quarterback C.J. Stroud, running back Damian Pierce. Wide receivers, John Michi the third and uh Tank Dale now. Um they also got Nico Collins, you know. Um, I think they got Larry Tulsa over there too. Um a defense that's getting better. D'Amico Ryan's head coach over there. The Texans will probably be a top five pick team next year. They are still young. And this is like the the first year of a rebuild. Well, it's really like the second year of a rebuild, but it's like the first year with the foundational pieces in place or the potential foundational pieces in place for the rebuild to actually go progress forward. So, you know, the Texans might only win like six games this year. They might only win like four games this year. However, though, they have enough talent to make it interesting. You know, impulsively right now, I would say around week five, week six is when they really start playing good, good football. Um, but they're going to make plays. I don't care what score they lose by. I don't care who they lose to. They're going to make highlight plays on both sides of the ball. And I feel like around week six, you get to the start, get to the to the middle of the season, they're going to start winning games you probably think they shouldn't have won. Um, I think it's promising for their rebuild. Uh, you know, it's a lot of controversy with it involves a whole bunch of other stuff, but I think they on the rise. Um, give them like three seasons, you know, this season, next season, and this season after. Uh, acquire more talent, get some more guys over there, get the philosophy all the way down, um, or at least a little more incorporated. And they 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 gonna be they gonna be good over there in Texas, man. They they gonna be all right, but this year. You know, we just gonna see how they stars play, how Will Anderson develops, how CJ Stroud develops. You know, what else does that offense need to put around him to be, you know, a franchise player and Super Bowl contender? What other pieces do they need to put around Will Anderson on that defense to make him formidable and make that defense as formidable as it once was in his glory days? But again. Uh, Dolphins one and one on the preseason. Texans one and one on the preseason. Dolphins take it twenty-eight to three. The first game and the last game, with well, the first game view, but the last game we're gonna talk about um, from Saturday's preseason week two in the NFL twenty twenty-three is Jaguars and Lions. 
Now the Jaguars ran around with this game, twenty-five to seven uh, to go two and zero in the preseason, and for the Lions to go one and one in the preseason. But what's interesting about these two teams is the Jaguars are now coached by Super Bowl winning quarterback. I don't know, I say quarterback. He's a former quarterback, but he's the head coach now, and that's Doug Peterson. He didn't win a quarter. I don't think he. I have to check that. Doug Peterson could have won a championship as a backup because he played backup for quite a few people. Uh, but he won one as a coach with the Eagles in 2017. That I do And last year he took over the Jaguars and they had a slow start, but they ended up making it to the playoffs. Um, and he has Trevor Lawrence as quarterback. He has Travis Ntn. Uh, Etienne is the running back. They brought over Deion Johnson from the Browns, who's a very good young player, in my opinion, um, and a good compliment to what Etienne brings to the table. Uh, they went and got Christian Kirk out of free agency two years ago, uh, or last offseason. Then they traded for Calvin Ridley in the middle of the season. Um, and they have a couple few guys over there. That defense is getting better. Uh, Josh Allen over there, uh, Trayvon Walker over there. Like, they got some guys over there, um, and they building it back up. You know, they are the lead dogs in that AFC South division um, um, for right now. And if they put it all together, man, that Jaguars team, hey, they gonna be they going to be really giving people some problems. You know what I'm saying? Calvin really returned back to form with Christian Kirk over there. And they use Etienne and, 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 uh, and they got Evan Ingram over there at tight end. I'm saying they could get to like 11 wins. I think they can get to like 11 wins. Um, if they get past 11 wins, though, they're playing out. That defense is rocking. I think they can get to 11 wins. I think they could sweep their division. Uh, and then it's just about winning four or five more games against the rest of the league. So, and I think that's feasible for them. I think they, they can get, you know, they can, they can, they can get in. Um, but they shouldn't go under nine wins, I don't think. But I do like the Jaguars. Um, I, I do like what they bring. Now, these Lions... These Lions different. The Lions have Jared Goff, Teddy Bridgewater, and Herndon Hooker uh, as they quarterbacks. Jared Goff played exceptionally well last year. Number one former over number one overall pick. Teddy Bridgewater is a former first round draft pick as well, I believe late first round. Right? And then Handel Hooker went in like the second round, I think. Or maybe even the third. I think he went in the second round, though. And I think they got a good quarterback situation right now. They running back room right now with Jameer Gibbs. I was high on Jameer Gibbs. I like Jameer Gibbs. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in this league for years. Um, they got nice receivers over there with Amon Rod and uh, Jamison Williams. Um, listen, 
you know, they played better than expected last year. I'm not saying that the Lions probably going to repeat and play better than expected, but I would like them to. Um, they in that NFC North division again, you know, with the Packers and Bears and, and Vikings. And, you know, maybe they may not get a playoff spot this year, but they could play playoff spoiler from the beginning. They could win some games that people would think they would lose and really put some teams in bad positions when it comes to playoff rankings or a playoff admission when you get towards the meat of the season. Um, but they're well coached over there. Dan Campbell is doing his thing. Shouts out to him. Um, I, I really like the weapons that they're putting on that offense. I like what they're doing with that defense. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson has, has been doing his thing. Um, they got my guy Brian Branch over there, who I think is going to be a player. Who are you talking about, Detroit? Um, I just came back in. Who are you talking about, Detroit? Yeah, the Lions. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lions gonna be a problem. I mess with the Lions. Yeah, I, I was saying they um that I think I don't, you know they had a nice division with that AFC with that NFC North, um, but I really think they can play playoff spoiler from the jump. Uh, they can put some teams in some bad predicaments when it comes to playoff admission time, um, because I think you know they have players that can get explosive. They got guys on that offense who could. You know, they got receivers that can hit you for 150, 200 yards in the game. You know, they got a guy in the backfield that can hit you for 100 yards rushing, 100 yards receiving in a game. You know, they have quarterbacks on their team who have talent, who have already proven that they can do big things in this league. Uh, so, you know, that's a team to watch out for, man. Uh, Jaguars over Lions 25 7. Uh, and that was the first game Saturday. Now let's get to Sunday and then we're going to get to Thursday, which is what I really want to get to. All right. So Friday, the 18th, it was two preseason games Bengals versus Falcons, which ended in a tie. Now, the Bengals specifically, right? They are considered the number two team in the AFC. They've contended. They've been to a Super Bowl and been back to the AFC championship game in back-to-back season. The Chiefs are the team that has been to the Super Bowl and won a Super Bowl. So those two teams are the cream of the crop. Um, they came back with Joe Mixon. They came back with all their receivers. They got Joe Burrow. They added to that offensive line uh, to improve it. They did lose Jesse Bates to the Falcons in free agency. Um, but they drafted some guys who should be able to fill up the void. Their linebackers is a growing team, uh, a growing group who is getting a lot of respect in this league. And they have a couple corners over there who could probably, you know, turn into something. Um, you know, the Bengals. You know, the Bengals right now, um, you know, going off resume, are one of those teams. And they're in a stacked division, the AFC North, all right? You know, Baltimore, um, we'll we, we get to Baltimore in, in a second, but 
Baltimore has what they have. The Browns have what they have. We talked about the Steelers and what the Steelers, you know, could possibly do. Um, but the Bengals, look, if the Bengals come out and they play to their best of their ability, the Bengals could win like 12, 13 games. You know what I'm saying? Now, if you've been with me, you can see how I've been doing it like as I said before, you know, I'm only giving the knowledge that I that I know about each team up to this point. Um, going over their scores and some of the stuff from their preseason games in week two of the 2023 season. Um, and just saying what I feel like, uh, you know, is the things to watch out for. Everybody don't, everybody, every team is not going to get a possible win or loss prediction. Um, but certain teams, you know, I feel like it's okay for me to say it right now because, you know, this is just my personal thoughts on the team. Um, and when I do these evaluations on the teams, as much as I, I love my team right now, this is about evaluating the team. And, and me as, a, as an analyst, um, or as a potential, uh, you know, long-term media guy when it comes to analyzing these teams, I want to I, I wanna try to always highlight the good possibilities of the teams, regardless of my personal views. I want to try to like, highlight the good possibilities of the teams because, I mean, they're in the NFL for a reason. Each team has a chance to compete because they have the opportunity to compete. You know what I mean? So, you know, if they put it all together or not remains to be seen, but potentially if they play up to their potential, they could do these things. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, but the Bengals are on a nice division. Uh, hopefully, Joe Burrow is is healthy and ready to play week one um, because, you know, you always want to play the best players. I mean, yeah, as a fan, you always want to see the best players playing all the time. And not only do you want to see them playing all the time, you want them at the, uh, at the capability of playing to their highest potential at, on every play. That's what you thrive to see as a fan. You know what I mean? So, you know, and that breeds for good football. Um, but the Bengals got a nice little team, man. Um, you know, they got some guys coming at their next, though. It's not going to be a cakewalk. Um, they're going to have to fight for it. But, you know, are they up to the task? Let's see. You know what I mean? Um, but so Bengals versus Falcons. Um, if I'm reading this right, the Bengals – are one are zero one and one on the preseason, so they have no wins. They have one loss and one tie. The Falcons are one zero oh, and one on the preseason, which means they have one win, no losses, and one tie. Um, and this was the tie game, 13-13, Bengals. The Falcons it ended. Um, the Falcons. Now, I personally, just like to talk about the Falcons because I like the pieces on the Falcons team. Desmond Ritter, the quarterback. Potentially the starting quarterback and probably the starting quarterback for the Falcons going into the regular season is a University of Cincinnati alum. So this was a, a, a game for him to be able to do his thing. Um, they brought in over Taylor Heineke from the Commanders, who's played a lot of starting football in this league. And he's still a young guy. So that's going good for them. They drafted running back B. John Robinson. 
Now, I'm high on this running back. I feel like this running back is going to be a monster. Okay? A straight-up dog. All right? But then you pair him with Kyle Pitts, who even though they got him at tight end, I'd rather them use him as the number two receiver. I ain't gonna lie. I feel like Drake London and Kyle Pitts should be the one and two receivers. Right? And then you get you a speed guy to play the third receiver. And you could just move Kyle Pitts around. Motion him out the backfield. You know what I'm saying? Put him on the line. Spray by wide. I feel like that's how they should be using. Like, he should be the guy that moves around. Drake London, you could just line him up on either side, left side, right side, let him go to work. B. John Robinson is going to draw so much attention that these receivers are going to get a lot of one-on-ones. All right? Whoever that third receiver is for them, whoever could be the speed guy, that is the guy that is going to help bring that team along. Um, but Bijan will be a monster. Uh, that defense, they traded for Jeff Okuda. They uh, signed Jesse Bates. Um, they signed Calais Campbell. You know, that team, now, they're in the, uh, the AFC South. So that's the Falcons, the Saints, the Buccaneers, and the Panthers, I want to say. That's their division. Uh, yeah, Saints, Panthers, Buccaneers, Falcons. So I though I feel like the Saints should probably come away with that division, the Buccaneers still have a chance to say something, um, depending on how their quarterback plays. The Panthers, we'll get to in a second. Um, but, you know, they have, I mean, they, I guess they're in a retool. But we'll get to that in a second. The Falcons have, you know, I don't think the Falcons are going to be a playoff team. And if they do become a playoff team, shots out to their coach and that team for playing they, they butts off and capitalizing on opportunities. But I do feel like they're, they have a nice foundation. I feel like, I feel like, you know, like the Texans, man, they're going to make plays and they're going to be exciting. Even if they don't have a lot of wins, they're going to be exciting. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the Falcons turn out um, in this upcoming season. I, I truly am. I think Desmond Ritter can be uh, an all-pro quarterback at some point in his career if he's allowed to play and just get better. Um, I, I really, I really, really like like what the Falcons did. I like they they uh, skill position players, and hopefully they're utilized to the best of their abilities. Um, but this was a tie game, Bengals Falcons 13-13. and this was the second of two uh, preseason games, week two on Friday, August eighteenth. The first of the games was Panthers versus Giants. Giants win this game 21-19. Uh, Giants go to 1-1 one one on the preseason. Panthers fall to 0-2. Um, let's go with the Panthers first, right? Trade for the number one pick. Draft Bryce Young. Uh, quarterback for Alabama. 
sign Adam Thielen, sign Miles Sanders. Uh, in the process of trading for what was Bryce Young, they traded away DJ Moore. Um, they end up acquiring what's my guy's name from the from the Jaguars. Uh, hold on, because I know he played. I really like this cat too, but I don't want to mess his name up. So let me just go look for it right quick, y'all. Uh, Leviscus Chenault. Okay. I like Leviscus Chenault. They also got DJ Chark, too. So I feel like the Panthers did what they needed to do to put nice weapons around their young players. Uh, the young quarterback, giving him a mixture of guys who played in this league, competed at a high level, guys with a high talent and, and production ability, and a nice defense. It's not common for a rookie quarterback to come into a season and lead a team to the playoffs. I'm not saying it's not never happened. It's just not common. However, the Panthers do have a chance. They do have a chance to pull this off because their division outside of the Saints has so many questions. They have a chance. Now, I think a realistic, nice first season for Bryce Young would be nine wins. If they got nine wins, it would justify everything they did up until that point, until this season. Like it would justify everything that preceded the season. Um, with the, you know, the Sam Darnold and, and the Baker Mayfield and, uh, you know, and, and the CJ McCaffrey. If they can get nine wins, eight, nine wins this season, I say nine, but eight probably would help too, but nine wins. Even if they don't get in the playoffs, that kills all that. Um, can Bryce Young be a rookie of the year contender in his first year? He has a chance to. He literally has a chance to. Um, they got a couple running backs back there, Chuba Hubbard, you know what I'm saying, um, uh, Thompson Jr. You know, they got a couple guys that might could do something, all right? Um, but – Overall, you know, the Panthers, you know, they in a, in a, in a retool. I'm not going to call it a rebuild. I'm going to say it's a retool because they kept quite a few guys they drafted, guys on the offensive and defensive line, linebackers, uh, cornerbacks, and safeties that they drafted over the years. These guys are still on the team, and they've been playing together for quite a few seasons now, at least three for sure. Um, so I would call it a retool because they just got rid of the quarterback, the running backs and the top receivers, they just replaced them. They got something what they figure is better in there. And it's harder to replace uh, guys that were better than uh, 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 McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the league. It's hard to replace that, just period, um, the different ways he affects the game. However, though, um, you know, as far as DJ Moore is concerned, you know, guys like Adam Adam, Adam Thielen, uh, DJ Shark, uh, they could make up for what they lose in him. Um, and a guy like LaVisca Chenault, 
uh, could really capitalize from playing time and a guy, a young quarterback who's trying to make his name. Um, the Giants. Personnel-wise, the Giants got a good team. Like, personnel-wise, front to back, the Giants got a pretty nice team, offense and defensive line. Um, they got guys on the defensive line who are formidable. They got guys in the secondary who are formidable. They have weapons on offense that are formidable. They have a coach that I feel like is fire. Brian Dayball is a very good coach. The issue I have is how did Daniel Jones get $40 million? I'm just asking, what did he do in his previous four seasons that warranted, no, five seasons, that warranted, that said he earned $40 million a year. All right. That's that's I question that. And what makes me question this even more is because he got 40 million a year, but you didn't want to pay Saquon 15. People will say Saquon was hurt. But every year that Saquon wasn't hurt, if I'm mistaken, y'all have been to the playoffs. So that checks. If he's healthy, y'all are a playoff team. I'm a running back position fan by nature. So that's, that's maybe one of the things. I was definitely a Saquon Barkley fan. He is a Saquon Barkley fan. Maybe that feeds into it too. But I just didn't understand that. However, though, for this season, the Giants could win their division. Now, of course the Eagles are still there. And we're going to talk about the Eagles in a second. Of course the Eagles are still there. Of course the Eagles have a good team. But the Giants have a nice team. And they have a nice coach. And if that coach upgrades his tutelage and his team plays better than they played last year, I don't think they're a title contender because I don't believe in Daniel Jones. But they could win a division. They could get to the second round. If they play up to their full potential, they have a shot of competing to be in the NFC Championship game. If they play up to it. If Daniel Jones plays like a $40 million worth of quarterback, Saquon does his thing. That defense plays, they they could fight for a spot in the NFC Championship game. They could. I don't know though. I I just don't know. But I do like the personnel in their team. I do like their coach. Um, and we're gonna see what happens, right? Um, but Panthers, Giants, first game on Friday, this past Friday, Giants 21, uh Panthers 19. Thursday night football. Okay, so before we do that, right, let's do two things. 
Detroit was Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Um, you know, if wherever you watching this from, you can hit this in the chat. All right, should be a link in the chat. You can come up, talk your piece. You know what I'm saying? Get in the comment section, leave your comments. You know what I mean? Um, and if you miss the live streams, you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Just look for the Industry Sports channel, subscribe to that, click on to that, and then subscribe to the uh, and, um, D-Trend Game Changer Sports Talk Show. Subscribe to that, you know what I'm saying? Leave your comments, you know what I'm saying? Chime in, man, listen. You know, I, I know everybody don't want to just hear me talk all the time, you know, but I feed off good energy. So if you got something you want to say, come on up, chop it with me. Let me know what's going on in your world. How you feel about things that's going on, all right? Um, before I get to the Thursday night game, Monday night football, tonight, FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland. The Baltimore Ravens will be going against the Washington Commanders, okay? The Baltimore Ravens are going to be one of the most watched teams this NFL season. Why? Because Lamar Jackson is back, and Lamar Jackson got a contract. He also got Odell Beckham Jr. He also got Zay Flowers. Rashad Bateman should be returning at some point from his injury. They have Isaiah Likely. They have Mark Andrews. They just signed uh, Melvin Gordon running back. And J.K. Dobbins should be returning at some point in time. On top of that, they have a whole new offensive system with Tom Munkin. And they should be throwing the ball more. So the guy that they're used to seeing run all the time is now about to be passing. And he has some dynamic weapons that are very fast. The whole league gonna be watching. That defense that has, you know, Marcus uh, Williams and Kyle um, uh, Hamilton in the safety room, that has um, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith in the middle linebacker roles, um, Marlon Humphrey on the outside. Like whatever he got, five guys on that defense who are Pro Bowl caliber players, at least, at least. I didn't even mention it. That's just we just saying those five. So they have a formidable team. They're they're not just no no cakewalks. If this offense plays anywhere up to its potential, it is a murderous season for the league. Okay, Lamar is too fast to catch. And if he's passing dynamically to a Odell, a Zay, a Bateman, a Andrews, if you're getting good production from Lamar running, but not also him a return and, and, and uh, rehab uh, J.K. Dobbins and getting what Melvin Gordon can give you when he plays up to his potential. Dog, these cats lightweight got a little squiddy. Like they really like it's it's up. So they will be watched. All eyes will be on them. Um 
Listen, y'all. This gonna sound real crazy. And I'm not saying this is going to happen because every team in the AFC and majority of the NFC is very competitive and very talented teams. But with the weapons that the Ravens got, if they play up to their full potential, the Ravens could win 15 games. Now, like the Steelers, this would be a combination of them playing up to their potential and certain teams not playing up to their potential. But to be honest, if they play up to their potential and every other team plays up to their potential, they could still win 13 games. Like, the team is really that good. Like, they could do it. You know what I mean? So, again, as I was saying earlier, the AFC North is, like, the most competitive division in the league. They literally have four teams that could be in the playoffs. They do. You know what I mean? And um, that's that's – it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens turn out. Um, but they play tonight, 8 o'clock. Uh, in Washington versus the Commanders. Um, again, every team has a different philosophy. Uh, I don't think you're going to see the Ravens starters. Um, you may not see them till week one. Um, the Commanders may play their starters. They may not. It just depends. Uh, the Commanders are in a different position. The Commanders have new quarterbacks. Sab Howell got a draft uh, who could take over the spot, shows to be the guy. They brought over Jacoby Brissett just in case, you know, a, a quality veteran who could lead the team to the playoff, given a chance, um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, Brian Robinson is back healthy after a year removed from his incident. Uh, Anthony Gibson is a guy who could really be an X-Factor piece for them. Terry McLaurin, um, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dawson, Logan Thomas at tight end. Uh, they have a chance to make some noise. Uh, they have a defensive line who was one of the best defensive lines in the league, especially talent-wise. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, uh, 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 Deron Allen, Jared Payne. Uh, Deron Payne, Jared Allen. Um, like, they... They have a squiddy. Um, they got some guys in the secondary. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes. They got the one linebacker, John Davis, who they got from two years ago, who I think is nice. Uh, they have a chance. Um, they are in the AFC East. The commanders are with the Eagles and the Giants and the Cowboys. And um, these commanders, you know, the real question for them is how their offense going to be. Because the new offensive head guy over there is Eric Bieniemy, and we all know Eric Bieniemy from the Chiefs, who's been looked over for head coaching jobs for years. Um, he gets a chance, and we get to see how one of his offenses work under his full direction. So that is going to be the watch of the season for me. He has to compete for 10 wins for all those talks about can he run an offense, be legitimized. He has to get 10 wins. 
And he has to get 10 wins, not just solely on him, but because Ron Rivera is a guy who's a quality head coach in this league, who has been to a championship game in this league, both as a player and as a uh, as a coach. Um, and he's a defensive guy. So if you got a high-quality defensive guy on your on your guru uh, as legend, um, y'all need at least 10 wins. It doesn't even matter how tough your division is. Y'all need at least 10 wins, in my opinion. Uh, just for all the other chatter to, to die down. You need at least 10 wins, for sure. Um, you know, Terry McLaughlin has to McLaurin, I'm sorry. Terry McLaurin. I'm so sorry. For uh, Jahan Das has to just keep getting better as a guy on his rookie deal. And, you know, can Sam Howe do the thing? Or would Jacoby need to come in to save the day? Um, a lot of questions for that team. I don't know if they can win the division. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying I don't know because I don't know how that offense is going to play for, to judge them properly. Um, but I feel like they need at least 10 wins. Now, understand, if they get 10 wins, somebody in that division, but I ain't going to necessarily say that because outside of that division, it's only in the NFC outside of the NFC East. There are only like two or three other teams that legitimately you could say right now should win double digit games. So it's not impossible for that entire division to win 10 games. It's not impossible, especially in the NFC. It's not impossible. Um, but I feel like the commanders gonna need to get ten wins. If they get nine, I guess it could be cool. But double digit wins puts a, a big statement on on all the chatter surrounding certain guys on they on they in their organization um, and the organization as a whole with the name change and the owner or or deal and you know setting us home for the new regime and new ownership and, and they tenure. Um, they need ten wins. The Ravens Commanders tonight on ESPN. Um, commanders are at home, um, and, and it should be a, a good game to watch. Now, you know, everybody who's been rocking with me for the last, you know what I'm saying, hour 40, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying. And it's been a minute since I streamed, so I definitely wanted to be able to, you know, go over some scores and just talk about a little bit of the teams because I haven't been able to talk about the teams. Uh, I haven't been available. Um, but now we get into what we came from, okay? This is really the heart of the show um, because this is just what I like to talk about the most. Um, and that's these Cleveland Browns. This is what we come from, all right? And it's a nice little ordeal to unpack when it comes to these Browns. You know what I'm saying? It's a nice. Nice little little joint to unpack. So we gonna get into it. All right, we we gonna talk about what's going on. Um, they played Thursday night against the Eagles, um, and when they played against the Eagles, uh, it was a pretty nice game. 
Uh, score ended up 18-18 uh, in a tie. Um, the Eagles have one of the best front sevens possibly in the league. Uh, that combination of uh, Davis, um, uh, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, uh, uh, Fletcher Cox, um, then you got Nolan Smith, Brandon Graham on the ends, um, uh, and I think they got uh, Johnson. I think they got a guy named Johnson on there. I'm not sure. That may be the uh, that may be the Jets. Uh, but then they got Nicobe Dean and uh, Zach Cunningham, and uh, they did have Miles Jacks. But I just read something that said Miles Jack is retiring. Um, and just to just to say, just to just get at a couple of thoughts, uh, you know, I commend you, Miles Jack, for going with what you want to do versus feeling obligated to stay a part of something you don't want to stay a part of. Just flat out. Um, it takes a lot of courage to just admit when something is just not working for you and to just abruptly change and do something different. Um, so I wish all the luck to you in the world. You've made good money in the NFL as far as I know. Uh, you know, more than some people have made in their own lifetime doing other things. Uh, I wish you all the luck in the world, my man. Good health. Enjoy raising your family and just enjoying your life as you have it, bro. For sure, for sure. Um, now, the Eagles offense, I mean, do we got to really talk about the Eagles offense? Because the Eagles started offense is retarded, okay? Jalen Hurts is a guy who does not get the respect that I feel like he's been earned since college. But he did go to a Super Bowl, shut a lot of people up. His wide receiver combination of A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith is one of the few wide receiver combinations in the league that is virtually unguardable. These two receivers can run every route and can run after the catch. They're also very tall receivers, 6'1", 6'2", 6'2", 6'3". Like, these guys go get the ball, okay? You add the fact that they added DeAndre Swift to that team, to that offense, and this is a guy from Georgia that can run and catch and really runs hard. Um, that offense with that defense, bro, they are the lead dogs in the AFC, in the NFC East, um, and it is a reason why. They are well coached. Uh, their scheme is very, very good. And they play like they want to win a championship. All right. They played a really good game um, on Saturday. Um, Marcus Mariota looked horrible. Like Miles Jack, Marcus Mariota should retire. It, your career and days as a NFL foot, uh, quarterback are over. Now, if you want to be a coach or something or a coordinator, that may work out for you. But as a player right now at the quarterback position, your career is over. Um, and Tanner McKee or Tanner Mackey, I believe is his name, 
What's this guy's name? Hold on. Let me get his get his. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's not what I wanted to hit. Uh, let's get let's get my guy name right. He came in for the Eagles though, and he played a phenomenal game. Um, he was really really good, in my opinion. Uh, oh, did y'all really just do that to me? Anyway, the Eagles. The Eagles looked pretty nice. Uh, it's just a preseason game. Again, I say everybody run, every team runs their preseason different uh, for different reasons. They have different questions to answer. But the Eagles looked pretty nice. Now, the Eagles won like 13 games last year. But the personnel they got, what they added, how they play on a weekend and week out basis, plus what the NFC looks like overall. The Eagles can win 15 games. I'm not saying they are going to win 15 games. I'm just saying they could. Right now, I don't know a team in the NFC that can stop anything they're doing. There are a couple teams in the AFC that can put up a fight. But if Jalen Hurts continues to just get better and progress like franchise quarterbacks do, Hey, these Eagles going to be a problem for years. Not just right now. I'm talking like the next five seasons. Like, these Eagles going to be a problem, a big problem for the entire league. This is a very nice team. This is a very, very nice team. And a good measuring stick for the Browns. Um, again, this score ended in the 18-18 tie of the Eagles. Uh, go to zero, one, and one on the preseason. And so that's zero wins, one loss, and one tie. The Browns go to one, one, and one on the preseason. That's one win, one loss, one tie. But I'm a Browns fan. And the Browns is what I like to talk about the most. All right. So in this preseason, right, what are the Browns looking to do, right? There's been so many different conversations about what the team should be doing, how they should be moving, why they're doing this, this, that, and the third, or why they aren't doing this, this, that, and the third, all right? So let's bring it all to it. Let's see if I can bring it to a head for y'all. Maybe I could, maybe, just maybe, you know, I could shed some light, okay? The Browns have something that most, majority of the team don't have. They have a quarterback who is potentially one of the top five best quarterbacks in the league. They have a running back who is one of the best top three running backs in the league. They have a tight end who is a top five, top ten tight end in this league. They have a top receiver who is a top 15, top 20 player in this league as far as receivers. The Browns have a history of bad things happening at the wrong time. So the fact that I haven't seen or we haven't seen the starters play is okay. Man, we've seen them a little play a little bit in the commander's game, but it's okay. 
The first four weeks of the Brown season is brutal. Bengals, Steelers, Titans, Ravens. That's their first four games. Everybody has to be available. Everybody. All right? The biggest concerns on the Browns is not the starters. Okay? It's not the starters. You know the starters, right? Right now, if we talk about offense, right? Deshaun at quarterback, Nick Chubb at running back, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore at a wide receiver. You got um, David and Joko at tight end. And then you got arguably one of the best three offensive lines in the league. Top five for sure. With um, Jed Wills, Joe Petonio, Ethan Pochich, Wyatt Teller, and Jack Cochran. Okay? These are the offensive starters. On defense, right, you have a revamped defensive line led by Miles Garrett. You have the additions of Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Thomason, Shelby Harris, and uh, uh, Obaniah Okoronkwo, double O. All right? That's just on the defensive line. You bring back Anthony Walker, you got JLK starting at your linebackers. Um, we get to who might be the third starting linebacker. But then in your secondary, you got Greg Newsom, Denzel Ward, um, Juan Thornhill, and Grant Delpit. All right. You even got uh, Rashad McLeod um, back there as safety, too. Right. And so as far as the starters for the Browns, the Browns have all the starters together. As far as a talent base, um, production-wise, potential-wise, the Browns have arguably a top three starting team. 22 starters? Arguably one of the top three starting lineups in the league. All right, yeah, you got your questions here and there, but they have that just as starters. So I'm saying this to say, like, as I've been saying earlier in prefacing, like, every team has a different agenda when it comes to the offseason or, or the preseason because the preseason, excuse me, and training caps are different now than they usually are or than they used to be. So the Browns' goal was to figure out the depth, not the starters. We know what the starters need to do. We know what we expect or what we look to see from the starters when they play. But they all need to play when they count because 90 to 95, all of them are veterans. Every last Brown starter has been playing in this league at least two to three seasons. At least. Every starter on the Browns, at least two to three seasons. So we're not talking about rookies. However, the philosophy of having guys that you can rotate in is important because it's a long season. And you need guys to be able to give guys a spell, give your top guys a spell and not lack off in production or impact. Let's say impact, right? So... The Browns spent the first three preseason games 
identifying what guys fighting for roster spots and guys that they have, you know, already in backup position roles. They wanted to see all them guys fight. And that's what we've seen for three preseason games. We've seen these guys fight. Going into this Chiefs list last week, this is all about the starters now. If you haven't made your impression on this team, you're pretty much behind the eight ball. In my opinion, the guys that will play in the second half, because I think the starters will play the whole first half, majority of the first half. They'll at least play. If they score two touchdowns straight, that's probably it for them. You know what I'm saying? But they probably going to play. He said 20 to 25 minutes. So that's like the majority of the first half. That means in the last five minutes um, of the second quarter is that's when guys are going to be coming in. The guys that come in right before halftime, play the rest of the game, are all guys fighting to make the team. Period. All right. With that being said, who has impressed? What would a 53-man roster look like? Who are the guys who have made a claim to be on this team? Not the guys who people feel like they want on the team. All right. Well, the guys that have actually made an impact, and deserve the right to be on, on this team, all right? So let's go through. When you start at the quarterback position, there's a new rule this year in the NFL. Be, the Browns will be able to have a third quarterback on game day ready. That does not affect the 53-man roster that's available to play on game day, okay? So, Deshaun Watson is a starter. Joshua Dobbs is the backup. And as far as I've seen so far, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is the emergency quarterback. Kellen Mond, if he stays with the team, he's the practice squad quarterback. That's okay. DCR has played exceptionally well in his preseason. For a fifth round draft pick, who will not be who will not be starting. All right, he has played well. He has moved the ball. He has got into scoring position. He has scored. He has made play after play. He's extended plays. He's gotten the ball out to guys who can showcase if they should be on the team. And I am extremely proud of him and happy that he's on the Cleveland Browns. Um. Kellen Mond, though, Kellen Mond, I think in his first two preseason games, he wasn't taking it as serious. I think he got too comfortable. I think he had a spot. But then Doran Thompson Robinson started this game over him, and then he had to play in the second half. And I think that lit a fire record. And Kellen Mond did his thing. Um, but Dorian Thompson Robinson, is that guy. Uh, make no mistake about it. And people keep talking, oh, well, should he be the um, should he be the uh, 
the uh, number two quarterback. No, he should not. Joshua Dobbs is the number two quarterback. He should stay the number two quarterback. Joshua Dobbs has put in his work in this league to be have to have this opportunity and to not have it stripped from him just because of personal preference. Let him do his thing. Deshaun Watson should play every game. It, it shouldn't be a reason to go down anyway. All right, but you know, Josh is cool. Dorian Thompson Robinson is the emergency quarterback. If things just so happen to happen crazy and we need a guy to come in, you bring in a guy that can run the same system that Deshaun is running. He may not be able to make all the decisions and have all the freedom that Deshaun has, but the base system stays the same and Kevin Stefanski has shown that he can manage a quarterback through the game to a win. Right? He did one to the playoffs. So I'm sure he can do it to a win. So you got three quarterbacks there. You got two, but you got three, right? Then you get to the running back room, right? We all know Nick Chubb is starting, right? Jerome Ford is the number two, but he did go down with an injury. Uh, hopefully it ain't nothing too crazy. He should be back at the beginning of the season. If not week one, he should definitely be back before the bye week of week five. And if he doesn't return until after the bye week, there's still a whole season to play, so it's all good. But then you get to the guys behind that, right? And you figure the Browns are probably going to take four running backs into the season because they don't have a fullback. There's been all this talk on Demetri Felton. And I've said from the job, Demetri Felton is going to be on the Browns. There is no reason to let this man go. And I feel like the reason he's playing a lot, a lot, is for one, because Jerome Ford is hurt. But for two, is because he's been here multiple seasons and he hasn't gotten this much time to play in back-to-back games like that. So if you're going to try to get a guy ready to play a lot in the season, then you want to give him as much work in the preseason as you can. It's not a knock on him, in my opinion, that he's played this long. It's just that you're not going to play Nick Chubb and Jerome Ford is hurt. So Felton gets his chance to play and make plays and be a guy and get to showcase himself more and more. Um, but for how Elijah Moore will be utilized, Demetrius Felton is the only guy on that offense right now who could be utilized in the exact same way. So you always want to keep two of a kind, especially in those X-factor positions, because you just never know against what defense that, you know, that may work for you, either or God. But Chubb and Ford is going to get it. Demetri Felton is going to get it. And then you get down to Hassan Hall and John Kelly. Now, don't get me wrong. John Kelly has been over here for multiple seasons. He always performs, and he looks good in the preseason and things like that. But he had a costly fumble in this game at the beginning of the game. And then at the end of the game, Hassan Hall finally looked like he was getting comfortable um, as an NFL running back. So in my opinion right now, John Kelly is not going to make the team. Maybe he goes back to the practice squad. Maybe he goes somewhere else. He's not going to make the team. I like what he think Hassan Hall should be the guy to get it. And I'm hopefully in this next preseason game when he plays, he gets he shows enough to where they can give it to him. Jordan Wilkins is a guy that they brought in and they signed and brought in uh, after Jerome Ford went down. 
Um, I really just think he's a placeholder right now. But maybe he comes in and shows something that maybe he takes a spot from Hassan Hall. But I think it's Hassan Hall there. So you got three quarterbacks, uh, Deshaun, Dobbs, um, uh, DTR, and you got four running backs. And you got Chubb, Ford, Felton, and I want to say Hall. Right? And the reason I'm saying Hall is because Hall has a speed. Huh? I told you what DTR was about. <laughs> no, for a fact. In the draft, I'm like, how did we get And that's what I said. Because they got Felton, you know what I'm saying? DTR, you know what I'm saying, go help Felton. And he had, you know what I'm saying? When they play together, they're a nice little one-two punch. So, you know what I'm saying? I'm, 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 I'm DTR doing his thing, though. But they really long live the Pac 12, man. Pac 10, you know, they're trying to break it down, but you know, wherever the squads go, they're gonna hold it down. That part. that part, so uh, so now we get nope, we ain't gonna get there yet. All right, we had three quarterbacks, four running backs, that's seven. All right, you got the tight end room, all right. I know, I know. I'm going to go there in a second. All right, we're going to go to the tight end front first, right? Most likely, they're going to do three tight ends. That's going to put us at 10 players, all right? We're going to do three tight ends, right? So the three tight ends, in my opinion, is going to be um, David Njoku, Jordan Atkins, and Harrison Bryant, all right? Hopefully, Greeny stays on the practice squad because I think he's a guy that could take over for Harrison Bryant. Um, I like Zaire Mitchell Payton, but he might be a guy that might get picked up. And I like Miller Forrestal to a degree, but he might be a guy that's going to get cut. But Thomas Greeny is a guy that they should try to keep in some capacity. Um, but Ninjoku, Akins, and Bryant, they're the three. So that's 10. All right. Then you get to the offensive line. And this is where, you know, I get into trades and stuff in a second. But on this offensive line, right, Ethan Pochick and Luke Weipler are most likely shoe-ins. Ethan is a guy they re-signed for three years. Pochick is a rookie that they drafted. Um, and the high likely is Poaches holds the spot down till Weipler um, gets a little more under his belt, then he'll take over. Joe Batonio is a lock. Wyatt Teller is a lock. Um, Jack Conklin is a lock. Um, so, you know, and Jay Willis uh, locks, all right? So that's six so far. I believe James, H- James Hudson is a lock. As an offensive tackle, they've been developing for the last couple of years. And Dewan Jones is a lot as a guy that they've been um, uh, a guy that they drafted this year uh, that has been making a lot of noise in the preseason. It's a very good preseason. 111 uh, pass protection opportunities, uh, only one pressure allowed, no sacks. Uh, he's doing very, very well for himself. Um, so that's eight. All right. That will put you at 18 players on offense. Um, now, they could keep a guard. Um, will it be Nick Harris that they keep at center and can rotate the guard? 
whether it be Michael Dunn, uh, Drew Forbes is injured, so he's not even with the team no more. Uh, Kobe Gossip, Wes Martin, these guys are probably going to get cut. They do like Tyrone Wheatley Jr. Um, as an outside guy. Maybe they want to keep him instead. Um, but I think Nick Harris is done for, for sure. Um, so I want to say they keep eight, right? And maybe they keep nine. And I think they keep eight, knowing that a couple of these guys, they can get back on the practice squad. Then you get to the wide receiver room, okay? Now, this is a big topic with the Browns and Browns fans because you know for a fact Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Elijah Moore are all on the team. You can pretty much count Cedric Tillman, all right? So that's four, right? Then you get down to David Bell, uh, Austin Watkins. Well, you get down to David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, Jakeem Grant, uh, Jalen Darden, um, and, uh, and Austin Watkins, okay? Now, when you get to these guys, Said, uh, in my opinion, I mean, this ain't even just my opinion, but Austin Watkins has played well enough to deserve a spot on this team. Period. This is not even up for debate. He has a frame, he has a skill set. This is a guy you keep, okay? David Bell. I feel like she have an automatic spot because he has done nothing to lose his spot. People just seem to like other players better. But when he's had a chance to perform and he's been given his opportunities, he's done what he's been asked to do. And now there's more competent quarterbacks on the roster for him to be able to catch passes from. You're getting to see this more. So if you're asking me, those are the six, right? Cooper, Peoples-Jones, Moore, Tillman, Bill, Watkins, all right? I ain't going to lie, y'all. I think they're going to keep seven receivers. Now, what's interesting is, though, Jalen Darden has not played in the preseason. Jakeem Grant has not played in the preseason. Um, and those are two guys who are, I really think they deem them as specialists, right? Guys who return kicks and punts. But it's very interesting that these guys haven't played in the preseason. So I'm wondering if they're going to play with the ones. If they do end up playing with the ones, then this leaves a lot a lot the question about the offense, okay? Anthony Schwartz has been much topic of conversation. He performed well in this game. He's caught, he caught four out of five targets, um, had good production, caught some very nice passes. And I feel like Ever since we've got better, competent, more competent quarterback play for this for this offseason, going into this preseason, 
I feel like Anthony Schwartz has gotten better every week. Um, and this was just the first week it came all together. Um, now, I'm pretty sure he's going to play in the last preseason game and get another chance to showcase his skills and see what he could do. But I really feel like um, that's one player that the Browns can probably put on the practice team um, and won't nobody swoop him up. Um, but as far as that seventh receiver, I don't know. Like, they could keep Schwartz and let Jakeem Grant and the rest of these guys go. There's the question that Marquise got a good one. And they could keep Marquise as the seventh receiver and let everybody else then see how that work out. Um, and then put Marquise on the uh, on the Pope list, you know what I'm saying, once you do final cuts and then bring the other guys back. Now, what works for the Browns is every team is keeping all 90 players on their preseason roster until final cuts. So when you get to the final cuts after this last preseason game and um, teams are going to get to, like, there are going to be hundreds of guys available. So there's a better chance that a guy from your team gets overlooked because there's going to be hundreds of players available for guys, for people to pick from to put on their practice squads. All right? So... You know, some of these guys, they can take the chance on because it's probably going to be a second before they get to their names. Um, but I think the Browns run with seven receivers. Who that seven receiver is, I don't know. Could it be Grant? Could it be Darden? Um, could Schwartz find his way onto the team? I have no clue. But I do think it's going to be seven receivers for sure. I want um, um and, you know this huh I said I want walking what you say bro you can't hear me yeah I can hear you go ahead bro oh no I was saying I want Watkins to be on the team number 80 the young boy okay yeah so you talk about Austin Watkins yeah, so I'm about to, I'm about to uh, hold on. Give me, give me, give me, give me a couple seconds. What you think about him? Shit, I think he a dog. I think he'll get better with time. They gotta let him, um, let him play out there with them boys. I'll keep him over Schwartz in a heartbeat. Okay, yeah, so my fault. I had to do something right quick. So, yeah, Watkins, right? I'm glad I got to the end of the seven, uh, the seven receiver talk. So, Austin Watkins has impressed, to say, for the lack of a better term. He is impressed. He has played exceptionally well, okay? Route running. Difficult catches, catching in traffic, um, separation. Uh, he's 6'3", 6'2", probably. Some reports said he's 6'1". Some people say he's 6'3". He's 6'2", all right? 
But I also heard he is the cousin of Sammy Watkins. Um, and Sammy Watkins is a very good receiver in this league. Uh, when he's healthy, uh, he, he was formidable. Um, I have been using that word a lot. But he was definitely like a problem to handle. Austin Watkins gives me Josh Gordon vibes. That's he gives me Josh Gordon vibes. He has none of the, the uh background issues that Josh Gordon had. Um, but he gives me Josh Gordon vibes. So I feel like the Browns definitely need to keep him. Um, and I feel like they're gonna keep him, you know, especially when you got you know, Marquise Goodwin is only on a one-year deal. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is on the last year of his deal. Um, Elijah Moore only has what two years left on his deal before they have to really start doing things. Amari Cooper only has another season left on his deal. Uh Tillman and Bill are the only one guys that's probably on the roster past two years due to contract. It would make absolute sense for them to keep Austin Watkins and allow him to play. Now, with the addition of Jim Schwartz as the defensive coordinator, the team is preaching um, rotations and, and using different guys. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, it's going to be a lot of rest given. If we're going to be running three receivers at a time most of the time, five up to five receivers is going to play a lot, which means you still need a couple guys to play special teams. So this is where I say they're going to keep seven. Austin Watkins, Tillman, and Bell is my three rotation guys for Peoples, Jones, Moore, and Cooper. I feel like you ain't going to too much miss a beat when you rotate those guys in. Especially when, if you have to come in with a Tillman, let's just say on the offensive set you want to bring in uh, Tillman, Watkins, and Bell. And then you can still bring in a Felton. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that's that's definitely what the Browns should be on. Austin Watkins has played incredible. And he's a sure catcher. Um, he plays aggressively. He plays like he wants to impact the game. Um, he got run after the catch ability. I mean, everything that people said they wanted to see if Donovan Peoples-Jones can do and has shown he can do, Austin Watkins has shown in one preseason. And that's no knock on Donovan Peoples-Jones. That's just, just the example I'm using. It ain't nothing against it because I like DPJ. Um, but Austin Watkins, man, he's played incredible. I, I like him a lot. And he definitely should make this team. Now, when you get down to the defense, unlike the last few years, this becomes a more enjoyable conversation. Okay. Already laid out the starters for the defense. It's about depth, right? So on that defensive line, unfortunately, Alex Wright, Isaiah Thomas are out with injury. See, I, uh, as far as linebackers go, Sione uh, Takitaki, I don't think he's going to start the season. I think he's still rehabbing. And Jacob Phillips is out for the season. Uh, 
And then as far as the secondary, you just got Greg Newsome uh, with some day-to-day on the growing pool. Um, but everybody else is, is healthy and ready to go. Jordan Elliott is disappointing me. Okay. But he also could be just readjusting to being able to play loose and fast. But he is disappointing me. Uh, Siaki Ika has played pretty good, and so has Maurice Hurst. I really like what I've seen from Ika, and Hurst has gotten better every game that he's played. Um, Isaiah McGuire, defensive end, uh, late-round draft pick for the Browns, has played really well. Um, And those four guys that I've mentioned, I think, will be on the team. I also think there's a chance that Tommy Togia makes it too. Because of the Perion Winfrey incident, because of the two injuries from the other guys, and the fact that uh, Togi is a run stopper first, I think that bodes well for them. On top of the fact that Shelby Harris, Zadarius Smith, Dalvin Thomas, and and, um, Miles Garrett could all be interchanged from D-tackle to defensive end. So let's just say you want to put four meaty guys down there. If I want to put Ika and hers down there with uh let's just say I gotta give Miles and Zedarius a spell. So if I want to put Ika and and uh and uh Hurst down there with Harris and uh and, and Dalvin Thomason, that's still good. I can do that on the rundown. You know, so I can switch uh Ika out for or Togi out. You know, I can still do something there. Jordan Elliott, to me, is a defensive end, even though he may not be fast enough. I always figured he had a defensive end. He had that, like, almost like that Emmanuel Ogba type of feel. But I don't know. He just ain't showed it. And he probably going to make this team just because we need it, but he got to show more, bro. He is blowing me. Um, The linebacker room, though, has been exciting. That... Mohamed Diabite, and I said when they brought him up on the undrafted side, and I looked at his tape from college, I said, I say, bro, hey, this guy, hey, this guy might be one of them ones. You know what I'm saying? This guy seems to act like he knows, like, how to play. And he made a big impact in this Eagles game. Um you know, got a got a, a safety, then got a turnover on on, on a fumble strip. Um, had about seven tackles in the game. Had a, I think he had a sack. You know, this guy has been playing well enough over the last three preseason games to consider him a possible starter because of the injuries. JOK has played much faster and much looser. We all know what a healthy Anthony Walker can bring to the table, especially behind a defensive uh, line room that can actually open up the holes and slots for him. Um, you know, this this Browns front seven has been revamped so well. Um, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, 
Anthony Walker, JOK, Taki Taki, Diabite, and uh, Kucinich are the five shoe-ins, in my opinion, at the linebacker position. Now, Ika's probably going to go on the Pope list and it's not going to start, so that's going to open up room for another guy. So hopefully, you know, uh, Clarence Thomas. Let me not forget Clarence Thomas, number 35. They need to hold on to him. I like Clarence Thomas is nice. And he's like the Abite. They fit in this system. I really need them to keep Clarence Thomas. Um, if nothing else, he plays special teams. They need to keep him. As far as the secondary go, um, man, you know, Emerson, Ward, Newsome, they're going to play, right? Um, AJ Green, I feel like he's going to be here. Uh, Caleb Biggers hasn't really shown me nothing, but Cameron Mitchell has shown me something. And I feel like uh, Tanner McAllister has shown me something, especially as a tackler um, in the quarterback position. Uh, only one of those two guys are going to make it. Um, it's probably going to be uh, Mitchell. Um, but hopefully we can keep Tanner on the uh, practice squad. Ronnie Hickman and DeAnthony Bell competing for that last safety spot has been an interesting thing. But ideally, they would want to keep both of those guys. Um, you know, and it's probably going to be hard. I think the fact that they're they're going to want to keep at least nine defensive linemen um, is really the issue. So you got Smith, you got Zadarius Smith, Miles Garrett, and Double O. That's three defensive ends. You got Harris, Shelby Harris, Dalvin Thomas, and uh, Siaki Ika. So that's three defensive tackles. So now you need three more, right? And you're looking at Hurst, Hill, Elliott, Togia, um, Isaiah McGuire. But let's just put Isaiah McGuire in there. So I'm going to say Isaiah McGuire is a shooting. All right. So now that's four defensive line, defensive ends, three defensive linemen, that's seven. Um, and you know what's so crazy? Isaiah, Isaiah uh, Thomas. And Alex Wright going to have to make the team because the only way you can be put on the injury list is if they're on the roster. So that means guys like Mo Hurst, Jordan Elliott, um, uh, Tommy Togia, uh, Lonnie Phelps, all these guys could be out on the waivers. Like I say, since all 32 teams – is going to have to release up to 30 players. You're talking like 200, no, 30, 30? You're talking like 900-something players, you know, seven, 800, 900-something players getting released is going to be available. That's a lot of players. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's a lot of teams. That's a lot of players for 32 teams. Like, that's a lot. Yeah, because it was at 90. So 90 from 53 or 53 from 90 is 37. It's 37 times 32. You know what I'm saying? So you, you talking, give you exact number. You talking four, uh, what's that? Six, 
So we're talking like 1,000, what was that, 1,170-something players? All right, and all the teams going to be picking because every team is not going to only cut down to 53. Some teams are going to cut down to like 45, and then they're going to have to get other guys to help fill in the roster. So with all those guys, though, coming out at one time, it's impossible for every good player to get swooped up. And even if you miss out on your guy that you were just grooming, there may be another guy available who you probably wanted at another point in time that now you can acquire. So, you know, for the Browns, it's just about keeping the top guys that they feel like are going to most help them impact the team and be cool and be good. Uh, you know, some guys you're going to see get cut that we wanted to get cut, and some guys might get cut that you didn't want to get cut. However the case, though, because of the setup, don't trip. Don't trip. So we got three safeties that we're going to run with for sure, uh, with, with uh, Juan Thornhill, uh, Grant Pitt, and McLeod. You got um, You got four corners. With a uh, War Emerson Newsom and Green, so that's seven. You got five linebackers, right? Um, with a uh, Walker JOK, uh, Taki Taki, um, Diabite, and uh, Kuzinich. Um, and then you got so what that's 12. Um, that's who I want to keep. Diabite. Gotta keep him. Gotta keep him. Yeah, for sure. I want to keep Clarence Thomas too. So they might drop Kucinich and keep Thomas though, because Kucinich probably could make it back to the practice squad. Yeah. Kucinich is 51. Thomas yeah. is a 35. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then uh, like I say on the defensive line. Uh, because with that 12, you know, I put it at 25. So that you got that 12. Technically, it's 12 other spots left. But I think um, if they just do 10, right? Let's just say they you got those five, those, no, because you're probably going to add a fifth cornerback, which is most probably going to be. Um, old state. Old state boy. And then uh, so that's the whole thing, right? Because they could. So in my opinion, right? If I'm if if I'm Schwartz, I would try to I would keep five safeties and five corners if I'm Schwartz. I would keep uh one, I would keep Thornhill, of course, uh Dale Pitt McLeod, and I would keep Bell and Hickman. And then as far as the corners, I'm gonna keep the top four and I keep Mitchell because you're going to need guys that's going to play special teams that's getting some type of wreck and still be able to sub those guys in the game sometimes. And having a, a couple young guys down there really helps out. Now, I know that's 10, and then you're like, well, damn, well, how many linemen are they going to keep? Well, you figure they only need to keep five linebackers. All right? Linebackers? Yeah, they only need to keep five because, like I was just saying, 
every team has to cut their days on the cut cut players on the same day. So every team has 90 players. Right after the third preseason game, like that Monday is final cut day, which means every team, all 32 teams is going to be cutting 37 players at least. All right. That's that comes out to like 1174 players. Okay. It is impossible for every good player that was left off a team to be swooped up. So the Browns would be smart by keeping the guys that they know they want, whether they're going to grow or not. And then the bubble guys cut because there's a good chance that you're going to still get this guy back. Even if you don't get this guy, right? If somebody gets your guy, you get a chance to get somebody else's guy who they couldn't get, whoever that is. So I figure, you know, keep five and five on the um, on the final roster side because at that point you can designate certain guys for the practice squad and, and bring in guys like that. You feel what I'm saying? And then you could do um, 10 on the defensive line side because uh, – Alex Wright and Isaiah Thomas injured, and you probably gonna end up putting them on the Pope list. Uh, Jacob Phillips is injured, so you're gonna end up putting him on the Pope list. You feel what I'm saying? So that's gonna open up two more spots on the line and a spot in the linebacking court. Then you got, um, you know, other little situations and shit. So if they go 10, 10 defensive backs, 10, um, 10 defensive linemen, five linebackers, that'd be cool. But then two though, is that X factor of the wide receiver position. So, you know, the Browns, like, as far as I'm concerned, the Browns got a chance to, like, claim their own role. Because the Browns come out and go 4-0 going into the bye week, they are the scariest team in the football league up to that point. They'll be them got went three and zero in a division and beat the Titans and on the bye. That's going to make everybody have to play more harder when they play Cleveland. But we got so many good players and schemes that help them do what they need to do. Plus, our depth is getting very uh, a lot better. Like, bro, I got the Browns. I say the Browns should go thirteen and four, but I I don't think. They should have win at least 11 games. But I think they should go at least 13 and 4. And that's only because it's the first season that everybody together. You know what I'm saying? But they should get no less than 11 wins. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Now that I've kind of seen everybody and, and looked at the league and seen how it's going to go, like, the Browns should be able to get 11 wins. 13 and 4, though, like, that's the move. 13 and 4, make sure they win the division. Rosie and them, they just dropped something on ESPN. You know what I'm saying? About, um, will Austin make the team? I don't know if you want to listen to it or not. Uh, we Grossi, I know you don't really right. It's Grossi and Nick Pollard. <laughs> no, I probably don't, man. I, and, you know, for all those that don't know, like, I just – it's just a media members in Cleveland I just don't bother with because they don't Nick Paul is my guy. Nick Paul is my guy. Grossy he grossy he um uh, 
I I'm trying to get him no money, man. Get him no airtime, man. I ain't I can't. But um industry sports only right now. You know what I'm saying? And we about to end it off, man. D Trent Game Changer Sports Talk Industry Sports streaming from multiple media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Follow us on IG at Industry Sports or at D Trent. Um, if you miss a live recording, you can catch the replays on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, various other streaming platforms. Um, just subscribe to the Industry Sports channel, and then when you go in there, you will find a Game Changer Sports Talk with D Trent. Make sure you subscribe to that too. Um, you know, whenever you look for it on, on Twitter or YouTube, look for Industry Sports, you know what I'm saying, or type in Game Changer Sports Talk, either or you're gonna get get to the get to the business. So it's been a pleasure rocking with y'all, man. We're going to come back a little later on. We're going to talk a little basketball and all that. But I had to just come and recap on the football side because I ain't really talked to y'all all preseason. And I'm pretty sure y'all probably figure what my thoughts is. Um, be looking out for uh, new articles to be dropping in the next few days at the industrysports.com website. Make sure y'all check that out. You know, if you got um, spotlight, uh, you want artists, you want spotlight on. I said artists. You want players and athletes, you want spotlights on uh, high school, little league, college, you know what I'm saying? You feel like they ain't getting enough shine or somebody should look into them, man. Hit us up, you know what I'm saying? We'll definitely do some background research and, and put that out there for you, you know what I mean? But we don't know if we ain't hip to them. So we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all for uh, gathering up with us, man. I hope y'all enjoy. We'll catch y'all later.